I'm Ren. And I'm Tammy. And this is... I love a good rabbit hole. Look at that, seven seconds in. I know, we're rock stars. It's like I knew what to do. Right? <laughs> it's taken us a year. To figure this shit out. Right. right. Now, I would, I would consider us professional podcasters now. I think so, yeah. I think we can give ourselves that name. I think, yeah, I, I, I'm going to quit my job and just, this is my new career. Yeah, no, we're not there yet. Oh, yeah, I guess yeah. we do need to be, have an income. Hmm. Um, at work, I, I, we were talking about microphones. And I was like, oh, yeah, I just used an inexpensive microphone for podcasting. One of my employees was like, you have a podcast? And I was like, yeah. What's your name? Mm, no. Really? <laughs> they're like, I'll find you. I was like, no, you won't. Everybody at my work knows the name of it and who's on it. <laughs> I don't want my employees listening to it. Oh, my boss listens to it, too. I'm like, oh, my God, this is really funny. Listen to what I said about the office. Walk in there and just show her. <laughs> yeah. really I don't cool. know. I don't I don't think I'm to that level yet. I don't think I'm ready <laughs> for them to, like, I'm, I'm not to that comfort level with them yet. Right. <laughs> like, I was fine with everybody in bankruptcy listening, mm-hmm. but over in collections, mm, nope. It's a different breed of people. Well, I don't know. They don't know me yet. Like I, I kind of had a panic attack and I took down all my personality out of my cube. Oh, why? I just, I panicked. Panicked. I I, I get that. I felt like there, I felt like I had too much personality going on. So I like, I, I didn't take all of it down, but I I took down anything that I thought was too childish. That's sad. Yeah. You should be comfortable enough. I don't, I don't feel like I can fully be myself. Like, I, I still don't feel like I can wear all of my outfits. Like, all of your extremely adorable outfits? Like, I don't feel like I can... Like, I, I went out on a limb and I wore my sweatshirt that has an Ouija board on it on Friday. But I, don't, I haven't worn my jumper dress that has my Ouija board. I haven't worn my mushroom dress. Like, I'm still... I mean, I've been there for three months and I'm still not... Not vibing? Not vibing yet. I still mm. like I and I'm I'm trying to find that balance between supervisor and person. Yeah, I got you. Cuz like I'm supposed to be friendly with them but I'm not supposed to be their friend. Friends? Yeah. And that's really it's a, it's a hard balance for me uh, because I am too. because I'm so friendly and I yeah. just I have a very bubbly friendly personality like you know and I mean if they if they ask me a question about something, you know, I answer. You know, like, they're like, oh, do you play blah, blah, blah? Or, oh, have you ever seen blah, blah, blah? And I'm like, yeah. I'm... Yeah, I have. No, go away, underling. <laughs> I know. You're totally not like that. Neither am I. No, I'm not. And it's like, I don't know how to 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 remind them that we're there to work. And yeah. so I struggle there. Understandable. It's a little rough. It was kind of rough on Friday. Friday me. was Friday was very rough. I came home and laid down and cried. It was it was that kind of rough. It was just one of those like draining ass days where like I had nothing to give anybody else. And on top of that, the last thing I had had to eat was six o'clock that morning when I had coffee and an English muffin or a, a McMuffin from McDonald's. So when I got home at four thirty, I just laid down and started crying. My blood sugar was so low, I was just drained. <laughs> I cry at least two or three times a week. Yeah. It's that bad. I mean, I don't hate the job. Oh, I don't hate the job. But like, also my supervisor said, you know, she's like, 
you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, in a week or so you came up and told me that this just wasn't for you. And I was just like, Ugh. like now do I say that she's right and like go that way? Or do I like prove her wrong and be like, fuck you. I'm going to do this, whether you think it's for me or not. Well, it's like, what do I do? If, if it's not for me, what do I do? Yeah. I'm not quitting the company that I've been with for almost 10 years. Mm-hmm. Like I've invested a lot of time with this yeah. company. I'm not going to just up and quit. Yeah, you have are your you, status. You have. It's like, are you going to help me find a new department, a new job within the company? Right? Or are you going to tell me just to up and quit my job? Yeah. Again, like, so do you do that? Or do you like literally spit in her face and be like, <laughs> I'm staying? It's like, it's, I've only been there for three months. It's like, it's a learning curve. It's a new position right. in a new department. I'm trying to wrap my head around it. And it's like. <sighs> anyway. On to happier topics. Happier topics. Well, today's topic isn't necessarily happy or sad. It's just kind of informative. Oh. Yeah. It's interesting. I think it's a really interesting premise, and it makes me wonder about our history. You are such a history nerd. Uh, when did you, you become such a history nerd? You weren't always uh, such a history nerd, were you? 2002. 2002. What happened in because 2002? We went back for our family reunion in Philadelphia. And I'm sitting uh, there, and I'm going, look... Like, when I was there last time when I was 12, I was like, ooh, I'm in a big city. I didn't think I was in, like, one of the most historically significant cities in our country. Everything that happened in Philadelphia. It's just like, holy shit. Yeah. I mean, a lot did happen in Philly. And then when we got to go back, when I got to go back in 2000, what was it? 10 or 12 to see you in Philadelphia. Oh, heck, I don't remember. I want to say it was 2012 because it was the spring after I got sober and we did that 11 day stint in Philadelphia, Washington and Maryland and DC and New York. I said New York, didn't I? No, you said oh, Maryland and Washington, was, DC. I was thinking I mean, New York. I didn't mean to forget to say it, but that day in New York was so awesome, but so taxing. So taxing. Oh my gosh. Walking around New York. Like you don't want to, like everything is just like, oh, it's just a few blocks. Oh, it's just a few blocks. Oh, yeah. Just... And then before you know it, you've walked like 50 city blocks and you're like, oh my God. We did more than 10 miles that day, y'all. My dogs was barking. They hurt so badly. They hurt all the way up to my hips kind of bad. Yeah. Like I had, I had great Danes. Mm. They hurt. Yeah, and since the 2002 trip, I've just, I don't know, I've obsessed ridiculously over everything history. I mean, I've always been interested in history, but like it came out really big at that point. So good times. Yeah. All right. Well, then I guess, I guess we've figured out our rabbit holes. Yours are like historic rabbit holes and mine are like what the creepy hell? rabbit holes. <laughs> I like, like creepy rabbit holes too. I've actually done some research and I've started finding some more rather interesting stories that aren't necessarily history. Mine are like, what the hell is wrong with your rabbit hole? <laughs> okay. What are we drinking for our rabbit hole today? We are doing, we're doing the, the quad flavor, the okay. tangerine mango guava strawberry because Rockstar couldn't pick a flavor. Mm. So they're like, let's just throw them all in there and see what throw happens. It's the witch. It's the witchy brew. No. <laughs> that was painful. That was just straight out painful to listen and watch. <laughs> Some days I'm not a very good opener. 
some days you got to, some days you just got to take it slow. It bees like that sometimes. Um, by the way, you didn't say anything about, please stop doing that. <laughs> about your long curly hair. Yeah. How do you like it? It's like, fun. You know, it's got the boho, like the knot braided. Yeah, they're very, yeah, they're curly. Like, yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's all the way through the hair. Tested an amazing job with it. Fun. And it was like $100 less than what I paid Kiki. And I didn't oh. have to drive all the way to Pendleton to get it done. That's nice. Yeah. So it's also less than gas. Yes. Yes. Okay. So now that we have right. your ASMR have, taken care of, <laughs> we have our drinks, we've had our yeah. banter, we've, yes. we're 10 minutes in. What are you telling me about today historically? Have you ever heard of Uncanny Valley? Uncategorically, no. Oh, okay. I only just learned about this within like the last year, I think. So, Is there any candy in the valley? Negative. Mm. So pretty much all of my research I have found um, from, I forgot to write down the science, the scientific thing from it, but it was like science something or other and Wikipedia. Those are my two references. Scientific networking, wikiwonkadonkey.com. Dot com. Exactly. Um, the Uncanny Valley. Oh, okay, we're going to restart. The Uncanny Valley phenomenon can be described as an eerie or unsettling feeling that some people experience in response to not quite human figures like humanoid robots and lifelike computer generated characters. How is this historic? I'm going to get into that because we are at, we are in a new precedence. I mean, like you have seen, have you used any of the new AI technology that's out like chat GPT or uh, um, yeah. AI somewhere yeah. other? Yeah. So, I mean, I love all that shit. Matt has a really good way of describing Uncanny Valley and we'll get to that in a minute. But basically, okay. historically, the human race has been the primary race on the earth from the... Neanderthals to Cro-Magnon. Yeah, exactly. So we have thousands of years of history. At some point in time, there was something that was human-like that scared the hell out of us and we destroyed it. And that's what Uncanny Valley is. So like all these really cool AIs that are coming out that look humanoid, but aren't quite human actually scare quite a few people. So it's like, we know that somewhere in our past, there was a line of beings that looked human is that like how people are weirded out by dolls? Somewhat, yes. Yes. Oh. The phenomenon can... I'll give examples. Um, so okay. the concept suggests that the humanoid objects that imperfectly resemble actual human beings provoke an uncanny or strangely familiar feelings of uneasiness and revulsion in observers. Valley denotes a dip in the human observer's affinity for the replica, a relation that otherwise increases with replicas human alikeness, in other words, AI. So Matt puts it to me this way. Somewhere along evolution, there looked like something that resembled a human, but wasn't that we should be afraid of. That's the easiest way to put it. People get really creeped out by human looking things that aren't necessarily human. So Matt kind of believes, like we got to talking about this when I was telling him I wanted to do Uncanny Valley. I wanted to understand more about it because... I'm not smart with stuff like this. I'm not this. creeped out by it, though. <laughs> Matt, um, he described it as, like, you know how some people believe that we evolved from primates, 
we are hairless primates, basically hairless right. monkeys. Um, he believes that somewhere along the way, there was another race of human like beings when we were evolving that we did not appreciate. And our race was the human race that ran out or that, uh, one out kind mm. of situation. So to, to some, that's basically the extent of the uncanny Valley. So it can extend into like dolls or AI generated art, stuff like that. So a primeval civil war that happened a long time ago. Yes. So examples, mortality salience, viewing an uncanny robot elicits an innate fear of death and culturally supported defenses for coping with death's inevitability. Again, one thing that every human is pretty much afraid of is dying. And even if they say, I'm not afraid of dying, I think that they're still afraid of dying because it's not the dying part that they may be afraid of. It's the, are people going to remember my name? Did I leave a legacy? You know, stuff like that. I'm afraid of what I'll miss. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And not just necessarily like your kid growing up, but like any. Oh God, don't, 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 no, don't bring that up. Oh my God. Addie, you're going to make me start. Oh God, you're going to make me cry. Nope. She's not going to grow up. She's going to stay a baby forever. Just like Lucy. No, me missing her growing up. All the things that I'm going to miss. You're not going to miss. You still got a lot of years. Deep breath. It's going to be okay. (laughs) We good? I'm good. Okay. Moving on. Back to robots. Partially disassembled androids play on subconscious fears of reduction, replacement, and annihilation. A mechanism with a human facade and a mechanical interior plays on our subconscious fear that we are all just soulless machines. That's terrifying. Actually, there is something that is that looks human but isn't human that creeps me out. What's that? Real doll. Oh, yeah. Fuck those things. No. Now, I mean, dolls in general, we've had, if you've listened to our podcast this year, you know, we've had a couple of conversations about dolls and Tammy does not like dolls. Not dolls are fine. Like I dig, I dig like Barbie dolls, monster high dolls, the oh, yeah, rainbow high ones. dolls, yeah. like dolls, like dolls, baby dolls. No, no hard pass, but like the sex doll, real doll. No, those are freaky. No, or even and like it's not the just because tool. you can have sex with it. It's just it doesn't mm-mm. see. It's the uncanny valley effect. It's not. It's not right. Well, it's just it's on top of being looking. creepy, but I digress. No, it's just weird looking. <laughs> so, um, androids in various states of mutilation, decapitation, or disassembly are reminiscent of a battlefield after a conflict. As such, serve as a reminder of our own mortality. Since most androids are copies of actual people, they are doppelgangers in, in, in essence, um, that may elicit a fear of being replaced on the job in a relationship and so on. The jerkiness of an android's movements can be unsettling because it elicits fear of losing control of one's body, which is kind of true. I have, knock on wood, never experienced a seizure or any kind of seizure act type activity. Same. I could not even imagine what that not only feels like, but the aftermath of it. Like literally losing all control of your body. That, that, to me, that's scary. Are you cold? Uh, no, but just freaky conversation. <laughs> and yes, I am cold. Okay. It's, it's okay. We're going to have creepy conversations because we're in spooky season. <laughs> it's true. Code on. It's very true. Okay. So pathogens. 
excuse me, pathogen avoidance. Uncanny stimuli may activate a cognitive mechanism that originally evolved to motivate the avoidance of potential source of pathogens by eliciting a died or a disgust response. The more human an organism looks, the stronger the aversion to its defects. How does a pathogen look human? Technically, I guess by def- definition, pathogens are almost like micros, small, Micro- tiny things that you need, like a, what are those called? A microorganisms? A what, what's it called? Telescope. No. Microscope. Thank you. Good God. You both had a brain aneurysm there. Seriously, I'm pretty positive. I just had a brain hematoma. Anyway, um, let's see. So aversion to its defects because the defects indicate disease. The more human-looking organisms are more closely related to human beings genetically. And the probability of contracting disease-causing bacteria, such as viruses and other parasites, increase with genetic similarity. The visual anomalies of androids, robots, and others animated human characters cause reactions of alarm and revulsion similar to corpses and visually and visibly deceased individuals. So some people look at a robot and see the same thing as a dead human being. Like, I, I don't know how you can get those two things connected, but you know. That's weird. Whatever works. Um, So the threat to humans, distinctiveness and identity, negative reactions towards very human-like robots can be related to the challenge that that this kind of robot leads to categorical human-non-human distinction. Excuse me. These new machines challenge human uniqueness, pushing for redefinition of humanness. Ferrari, Palladino, and Gentin found that increase increases of anthro uh hate this word I anthropomorphic Thank you anthropomorphic <laughs> appearance of a robot that leads to an enhancement of threat to the human distinctiveness and identity the more a robot resembles a real person the more it represents a challenge to our society social identity as human beings which i personally think that we are going to have a terminator situation before we have anything else it's not going to happen in our lifetime. They no. can't even make robots that stand up that aren't like massive, beastly looking little things. I mean, you've seen the little Honda robot that can barely walk, right? The, the white thing? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that, but I've also seen the exoskeletons that the U.S. military are working for for our guys. It's very Avatar-esque. Um, I've also seen there's, it looks like a, the little Honda robot. It might be about five feet tall and it's actually really quite thin and this thing they've got it um they've got it programmed please god let my brain start working soon today thank you they've got it programmed to actually it does somersaults it can do cartwheels and backflips it can actually it moves and it moves really smoothly so it almost looks like a childlike gymnastics if they put any kind of like fake plastic on it or whatever they could roll that out the door as a human type robot very quickly. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So the uncanny Valley appears at any degree of human likeness. Um, The researchers have, I did not write that down. um, Also pointed out that uncanny entities may appear anywhere in a spectrum ranging from the abstract MIT's robot Laszlo to the perfect to the perfect human, cosmetically atypical people, 
Capgras delusion is a relatively rare condition in which the patient believes that people, or in some cases things, have been replaced with duplicates. These duplicates are rationally accepted as identical in physical properties, but the irrational belief is held that the true entity has been replaced with something else. Some people with Capgras delusion claim that the duplicate is a robot. Um, professors... Ellis and Lewis argue that the delusion arises from an intact system of overt recognition coupled with damaged systems for covert recognition, which leads to conflict over individual being identifiable but not familiar in any emotional sense. This supports the view that the uncanny valley could arise due to issues of categorical perception that are particular in the way the brain processes information. I find that very, very interesting because how many times have we told people <clears throat> who have quote unquote seen aliens that they are just bat crap crazy and aliens don't exist. And then we turn around and the U S military literally just finished a congressional hearing saying, yes, we have alien technology down here that we've reversed and put right. out into the world <laughs> kind of things. And it's like, I have, actually talked on the phone with people who have like, who are like, that's not a real person. They're a robot that they can't be real. And it's like, I used to think, okay, whatever crazy lady. And then I'm like, holy shit. (laughs) It's possible. Like if you stop and think, I don't know if you've seen that chick on TikTok, the one that went back crap crazy on the plane and was like, that guy back there is not real. And you're all going to die with him. Yeah. She was having a very bad Uncanny Valley moment, and then it turns out that there but was. Why is it called there. Uncanny Valley? Like, I mean, like because why? of the uncanny resemblance to human beings. But why Valley? Like, why not, uncanny well, why not Uncanny Island? Why not Uncanny Uncanny Peninsula? Um, where was it? Uncanny it said, oh, Valley denotes a dip in the humans observer's affinity for the replica. Don't ask me. I don't know. I ju- I'm just reading the stupid article. I like Uncanny <laughs> Peninsula better. Okay, we'll go with that. <laughs> um, let's see. Where was I at? Uh, human like. Oh no, forget. the Uncanny Archipelago. Archipelago. <laughs> okay. Because I like to be difficult. Because I like to be difficult. Um. So several reviewers of the 2004 animated film The Polar Express. Great movie. No. Um, I thought it was. They were creepy looking. To you, I actually liked it. They looked creepy. Their teeth. <laughs> yeah, the teeth were. With their mouths like, moved especially the little weird. the little black girl's teeth were freaky. <laughs> Nobody's teeth are like that. <laughs> okay, so we found Rin's uncanny moment, valley moment. Perfectly spaced space teeth. Like, <laughs> space teeth. Like her teeth had little like gaps. Perfectly spaced gaps. It was freakish. <laughs> I still prefer the Polar Express book. I used to read it to my baby sister and my nieces and nephews every Christmas Eve. You were used to go to a yeah. reading of it. I love the Polar Express. It's such a great story. It is a good um, story. For kids and adults alike. So, um, the Polar Express called its animation, quote unquote, eerie. CNN.com reviewer Paul Clinton wrote... Those human characters in the film come across as downright, well, creepy. So the Polar Express is best disconcerting and at most a wee bit horrifying. The term eerie reviews, ugh, try that again. The te- term 
Eerie was used by reviewers Kurt Loder, Manola Dargis, and among others. Newsday reviewer John Anderson called the film's characters creepied, creepy and dead-eyed and wrote that the Polar Express is a zombie train. Animation director Ward Jenkins wrote an online analysis describing how changes to the Polar Express character's appearance, especially to the eyes and eyebrows, could have been avoided could have avoided what he considered a feeling of deadness in their face. Yes. Like their eyes were like <laughs> it's just wide and non-blinking. <laughs> like it's like they were they didn't they didn't look like the human eye looks around and there's yeah. different it's and there's teeth. And their teeth. You just are stuck on the teeth. <laughs> you know I got a teeth thing. Okay. So this one I did know about because this one Matt and I talked about it extent. Um, have you seen Sonic the Hedgehog movie? The, yeah. the new ones? I've I never watched it, but I've seen all the previous They're so it. adorable. But the 2020 film Sonic the Hedgehog was delayed for an additional three months to make the title character's appearance less human-like and more cartoonish after an extremely negative audience reaction to the movie's first trailer. And I will agree with that. Matt showed me the trailer and I was like, what? And I don't think I'm alone here. The fuck? Sorry, Heather. Is that? <laughs> oh, it was so freakish. I'm like, that did, does, doesn't look like Sonic. It was not normal at all. It was the creepiest looking thing I ever seen. It was bad. It was very. It was very freakish looking. If y'all don't know, go and try to Google it. Look it up. See if you can't find it. It was just bad. Um, Let's see. Another example is in the 2022 Disney animated film Chippendale Rescue Rangers, which I personally adored. I thought it was really good. You so it's when it. they make animal things look more human. Like they look freaky because they're not supposed to be human. They're supposed to be animal-y with So were you bodies. freaked out by Chippendale? Have I you seen the new Chip Rescue Rangers movie? I haven't seen the new Rescue Rangers, but I do know that there's been a few Alvin and the Chipmunks that have looked a little creepy. Yes, the, I completely concur. The newer Alvin and the Chipmunks, I think they had to redo that one too because... The first run was like, eh. but if yeah. you stop and think about the seventies and eighties cartoon, the the cartoon was fine. It's when they did CGI that I was like, what? I don't know. There was a couple of times where Simon and the was. I'm like that. That's a little too human looking. Don't He's talk shit about Simon. I'm not talking shit about Simon. Simon, saying, is, Simon, Simon is Simon is my chipmunk. He was my favorite chipmunk as well. Like if Simon all, was a if Simon was a real boy, yeah. All about the nerds. Um, so let's see. The Chippendale Rescue Rangers movie, The Uncanny Valley, is mentioned when the animated duo visits a place where several realistic CGI characters, including a Cats cameo from 2019, are inhabitants. And I will agree with them on that one. The The cameos were just... <laughs> but the rest of the movie was really good. Ooh, another CGI one that they did is, is in Wreck-It Ralph when they redid the princesses. Yeah. Ooh. No... No, I didn't like Cinderella that. Cinderella looked so weird with ears. She did. Completely like, weird. Cinderella don't have ears? <laughs> her hair covers it. Or is it her headband? I don't know. Anyway. Her headband. Um, in 2022 Disney Plus series She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, the appearance of the main character She-Hulk was depicted via CGI, was criticized by some viewers, is belonging in the Uncanny Valley. The negatively compared... They and negatively compared to the appearance of the Hulk in the same series. 
So apparently people didn't think the She-Hulk looked nearly as cool as the regular Hulk. In or the, the Green Lantern. Oh, let's Ryan Reynolds on the Green Lantern. Oh, Just don't make Ryan the super Reynolds. suit green. <laughs> okay, so deep fake software, which first began to be widely used in 2017, oh, God, uses, so mach- <laughs> uses machine learning to graft one person's facial expressions onto another's appearance, thus providing an alternate approach to both creating virtual actors and digital de-aging. Various visual individuals have created web videos that use deep fake software to recreate some of the notable previous uses of virtual actors and de-aging in film. Journalists have tended to praise these deep fake limitations, calling them more naturalistic and objectively better than the originals. I want to know what ones they are looking at when they're looking at that, because let's, let's take the last Terminator movie, for example. Arnold Schwarzenegger today was supposed to be walking up on Arnold Schwarzenegger from 1984. And they're saying that that looked better than regular Arnold walking up or Arnold from 1984. I'm going to disagree because you could tell that shit was CGI and it creeped me the hell out. Or could or could we talk about the de-aging that they did on Samuel L. Jackson in um, uh, Marvel? Mm-hmm. Captain Marvel? Oh my lord. Like... That looked like some Madonna-level plastic surgery on his face. Right? Like, dang. Right? Yeah. And the whole, like, right now, um, all the actors and the writers and everything that are striking, because Hollywood wants to take a picture of actors' faces, and then they're going to transpose it onto CGI characters, and that way they get one base for their pictures, and that's it. They don't get any more money. Because the studio's going to use their likeness. I'm not going to go see a movie like that. Nope. I don't want to see a movie that has their likeness. Right? I want to see a movie with them in it. Like, what's right. What's the point? There's no point in that. Right. Yeah. Like, the acting is going to be atrocious. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, like, okay. My example would be Claire Danes. When she cries, my soul dies. Sorry, I just hit my microphone. Yeah, you cannot make a CGI ugly cry like Claire Danes. No, but it, it may be an ugly cry, but it's like a, a graceful ugly cry. You cry I mean, the exact no, same way. It's hideous, but you can't re- you can't recreate it. No, it you is, can't. It is emotion that these people are feeling at the time. Right. There's also bloopers and things that happen that yeah. actors really do that end up in the movie. Like the one time when Leonardo DiCaprio actually cut his hand in Django Unchained. Exactly. Or um, in Guardians of the Galaxy where he drops the orb. That was not scripted. It was an accident. Right. Like, you can't, like, a computer doesn't do unscripted. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So to me, there's, that is a huge issue. But again, I digress. (laughs) Um, So this can take us into the whole Hollywood strike thing. Um, So whatever it is that caused us to become afraid of the other human-like creatures, not to pull a disturbed thing or anything, but to the other human-like creatures that may still be out there, let's never meet. (laughs) Like, ever. (laughs) But I also have a feeling that if we start interacting with, like, other alien races that a lot of people are going to have that issue 
oh, you know, cause there, there could be some races out there that are very human like. So here's a question for you. Yeah. So we meet a new race. How long do you think it's going to take before a man it offends the women? Oh, I don't think it'll be that long. Before they try to sexually assault them. I don't think it'll be that long. Like mm, five minutes, 10 minutes. I'm going to give it within the first month. I'm giving it like minutes before they make some sort of a, you know, lewd glance or comment or. Oh yeah. Unless, you know, we end up with aliens that are females that have a great big schlong on their forehead or something. Oh my God. That'd be hilarious. It would be hilarious. It'd be like, Hey, go ahead and sexually assault her. Go ahead. Yeah. See what happens. Go ahead. How do you know what gender she is? Uh... (laughs) Anyway. So that is the uncanny Valley and some examples me personally, I'm I'm not down to meeting human-like creatures as of yet. No. But we'll I mean, see. I'm not even very fond of very many human-like Humans. creatures as it is. Exactly. Like my thing is I want to know once we get them how long it's going to be before they try we to have alien discrimination. I mean, we already have enough discriminations as it is. Exactly. Like are whites and blacks going to be standing next to each other going, <laughs> "We're not touching those things." I mean, we already discriminate. I mean, we discriminate against everything, right? I mean, we discriminate against dogs. <laughs> We're like, oh no, nah, that that's a pit. We I'm do. That's a pity. It. Yeah, it's a pity. It's dangerous. It needs to be put down. What you idiots don't realize is pit bulls are very family oriented and like they love their people. Oh, I know. Big lovers. I love their big fluffy, I big mushy faces. faces. When we went to Dutchies today, there was a. Uh, light brown and white pit bull that was sticking its head out the back of a Mustang. Jules and I were just talking to him the entire time. How are you doing? We're like, and he's like, he just, the owner just reaches back and scrunches his chin in the dog. She actually started smiling. Like I love pit bulls. Like when their face is just regular, they're fine. But when they like start panting or they're excited, they like get great. Oh, I know. Those drooly smiles. I'm like, Oh my God, how cute are you? Um, Addie and I went to Target, and there was a uh, a dachshund uh, in somebody's van, and they had the window down, and the and the dachshund was just standing there, just waiting for their owner. Just wasn't yelp, wasn't yipping, wasn't barking. Did paid me and Addie no mind, just watching the door. <laughs> Sarah and has looked at Addie and I, and then was like, "Back to the door." <laughs> Sarah's um. Dappled dachshund just had puppies. She had six, I think, six or seven. How cute! Yeah, and they're adorable. Mom's getting one, and she's naming her Patch because she's got little patches all over her. Yeah, and Purdy's a good mom. That's so cute. Yeah, and so like Sarah is all about sunflowers and dachshunds, and uh, she's got all kinds of dachshund stuff on the back of her rig, and one says uh, "Death from the ankles down." And then the other one says, like, protected by a four-legged monster named Dachshund or something. It's it's really That's cute. That's so cute. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so that is the Uncanny Valley. Let, good times. Don't go meeting any robots or aliens that look human, and I think we'll be okay. The Uncanny Peninsula. And Uncanny uh, Archipelago. That's what yeah. you're going to call it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I think that Mark definitely needs to put that as the title for our... The Uncanny Ar- Archipelago. Archipelago. Yeah. <laughs> Friends Uncanny Archipelago. So yeah, I mean, it's not necessarily history, but it kind of ties into history if 
you believe like what Matt says. It's like it's, it's like historic futuristic history. Yeah, exactly. It's like wonky donkey, oh, twisty wisty, timey wimey. Yeah, wibbly wobbly stuff. Wibbly wobbly stuff. Yep. Did I tell you I'm going to Comic Con this year? Yes, you did. Rose City Comic Con. That sounds like fun. Yeah, because Karen I, Gillian's going to be there. I'm going to Universal Studios. Yay! In two weeks. Yay! I'll be there for Halloween. The Halloween stuff. Oh, okay. I'm like, Halloween isn't for like another month and a half. No, but they've started all their Halloween stuff. Well, of so course I'll be they there. have. It's spooky season. So, like, and I'll get, and they have Harry Potter stuff. So I'll get Harry Potter Halloween-y stuff. So I'm excited for that. Did I tell you I got your Christmas present in? No. Ordered your Christmas present last week and it got here. So I'll be sending you your Christmas present and your blanket. My pleasant? Yes. But I'm probably going to send them um, next month. So A, I can make sure they get there on time. And B, I know that if I don't do it that soon, then I will procrastinate and you won't get them until next spring. <laughs> I've been sitting on my sister's Christmas present for almost a year now. So Nice. Yeah, so I'll probably ship that out to you next month. But anyway, yeah. all right. Well, uh, shall we? Shall we wrap this? Uh, this uncanny. What's another landmass? It's another land shape. Uncanny, uncanny, uncanny canyon. Continent. Uncanny <laughs> I don't know. Hills. Uncanny mountain. Riverway. Uncanny. I'm trying to think of other funny named land island. Archipelago is really the most entertaining one. Oh, wait. Uncanny Fjord. There you go. <laughs> oh, there's a good one. That is. All right. Always remember, have a wonderful morning, night, afternoon. Take care of yourself and take care of each other. What? <laughs> Sorry. I'll do better next time. I'll do better. Okay. <laughs> okay, now. Here we go. See? See? I literally, I don't think I can ever do this thing right. Really? I'm done now. <laughs> really? Took you long enough. <laughs> you dork. Okay. Thanks for joining us in the rabbit hole. Hop in next week and tumble down again. If you want, you can follow us on Instagram to see what stories are coming up. Our name is Like Rabbit Holes. If you have an idea and want us to research it, email us at likerabbitholes at gmail.com. Whatever podcast player you are listening to us on, drop us a review or a star rating. Always remember to have a wonderful morning, night, or afternoon. Take care of yourself and take care of each other. I really need to rewrite that. I like it. I know, but there's just parts that I flubber dub. You know? <laughs>